Welcome to the End Times Chat. Our passion is found in the words of Jesus. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Each week, you will hear news from around the world that will urge you to wake up to these events to make you knowledgeable about what the Bible says about them. Join GJ and Dan in the conversation. I'm ready. Oh, transition. Hey, I'm, I'm working on it. I, I think it was a little too soon, though. I, I, could, I think I could have waited just a, a hair, hair pass when I just did it. Yeah, caught me off guard, bro. Just like you do every week. I'm just saying. I don't know what's going to pop on the screen. All I do know is in times.chat is where you can always find this. Hey, wait, there you go. <laughs> but but we know how comfortable that makes you. So we'll do this. <laughs> we'll put it back again. I can do that all show. Boom. <laughs> I'm sure everybody on Spotify and iTunes would love that. Yeah. So what I'm pointing to and what am I doing? In times that chat, that was code. Code. That was out of the spirit. That yeah. was North code for end times that chat. I may have just cursed in Norse code. I'm not sure if I did or not. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But moving on. Moving on. So how you how doing? You, man? Oh man, I was going to ask you the same question. All right. I so I just got. I know. That's why I had to beat you to it. You did. You did good. I, I just got caught up. From all the craziness of the vacation. Like the rapture? <laughs> no, I didn't get caught up in the clouds. I got caught up on my schoolwork. <laughs> I've uh, I got to finish some things up, but hey, I'm, I'm getting there. I've got four months left. I got my own little calendar that I check off every day for Dan Crystal. Hey. It's one day closer. You know, I'm, I am in, I'm totally enjoying it. I'm enjoying the fact that I've only got four, well, four months and two weeks, technically speaking. But yeah, we I'm doing doing great. Feeling like I got caught up. I spent most of the weekend studying my head in the books. Uh I went for a ride last night on my on my hog. What? On my motorcycle. Was it like uh one of those little push things where you like hold on and you push with your feet? No, it was more like a moped where you gotta kind of pedal really fast until then it goes. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> no, my Yamaha sixteen hundred. Oh, so Whoa. nice. To night and went over to a friend's house dropped off a little little gift for him that i found from iceland and um well i mean you're not here right now so we enjoyed our two weeks in california way over overseas sure, sure you did speaking of texas texas has been taking it on the chin with the heat and the humidity <laughs> what in the world so Devin and Veronica are good friends, for those of you guys who don't know. Once we hung uh, up for two weeks. Yeah, sure you did. So the... <laughs> hey, maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. How would you know? You weren't there. They left, they left this amazing lake house up here in the Northern California area and flew back down to their house in Texas, where it was like 105 and 100,000% humidity. And um, uh, so I'm just saying, uh, there you go. So basically, they're realizing for the first time what real heat's like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. So, yeah, I'm going to be uh, working my butt off for the next two weeks. I got finals in two weeks from tomorrow. Um, but we won't stop the show. The show will continue. Well, we'll continue. Yeah, priorities. Hey, got to make it happen. How are you? Well, it depends on how you were asking me or when you would ask me since we last did the show. You know how how you think, oh, I'm just going to go and do this and be a piece of cake. Now you spend an hour, three days later, five wasp things later. <laughs> I took my finger off. <laughs> okay, I didn't about take my finger off, but I did stab it. <laughs> a couple things. 
my mom and my sister watch this routinely. Uh, my brother probably has never seen it. My brother is the handyman. He can do anything. My dad was the same way. Me and power tools, Dan and power tools, ladders. Okay, I'll give you ladders. <laughs> I, am, I am good with the chainsaw. As long as I'm not stuck in the tree like I was once upon a time. Here's what I know. I just can't be doing that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So I opened up a uh, little crack in the seam to our back patio. And uh, it was like open up a hornet's nest. A wasp nest. But it was a wasp nest. And one went right in my shirt. (laughs) Sensitive area. Yes. And wasp can sting multiple times. We're honeybees. Where my dad was a commercial honeybee his entire life, well, his adult life, you know, once when they they sting, they lose the stinger. They can never sting, and they actually die. Or wasp can sting. So this this dude got in there, and he wasn't very happy camper, and neither was I. So the whole time I'm thinking, hopefully I'm not allergic like my mom, because my mom here is my mom's married to a beekeeper, and then I don't know how old she was when she got stung. Oh, she'd been stung before, so she got stung and she swelled up like, like the Michelin Man. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go, <laughs> go check that out. And uh, I literally walked in the house. I'm like, if I didn't know it was my mom, I would have never known it was my mom. Oh no! So, no so she found out she was allergic. So here she is, married to a beekeeper, and she finds out she's allergic to bees. So, so. anyway, so all the time I was like. Please, Lord, please. Oh, man. I mean, I am so sorry to hear hear about Miss Nancy Reynolds. 30, 40 years ago. I know, but still, that makes my heart go out to her. I it, it doesn't for me. It was the funniest thing at once. First thing I go, Mom, are you okay? And once she said yes, I burst out laughing because. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing at Mom. Because that's just who you are. Hey. Hey. Call it what it is. Just being honest. Hey. Moving on. Hey. By the way, I got nothing today. Carry the show. I'm just going to sit back and drink my hot tea. Yeah, that's not true. But we do have a lot of Earth news. And it's, it's okay, we'll just start here. So we have a Kentucky. I mean, I think that you had posted one of these uh, things before. but You're flooding. But before we get to Kentucky, however... There's actually another area that was really, it was in the news. Yep, United Arab Emirates. Yep. And uh, the video that was on there, I, I looked at the one video that we posted, and I, I thought, I can't know that, because the reason why all those waves are going into the storefronts is because they're on a boat videoing, and their wake is actually being pushed into the actual I, I watched it 100 times. I'm like, I think that's what this is. It wasn't actually a tsunami that came in. However, it doesn't take away from the fact that it was massive flooding in United, United Arab Emirates. And there were a couple of, uh, I don't have any videos on here, but there were a couple of videos posted about it. But, I mean, they're experiencing some of the worst floods that they've had on record. People are stranded and people are just having a really hard time. But that being said, GJ, the other one that you had posted about Kentucky, this is a real video. Before you go there. Yeah. In the United uh arab uh, emirates. emirates isn't that in the desert yes i'm asking for a friend you know before we get into kentucky as well i there was a i haven't really told that many people this i'm not even sure if i've told you this but oh they i'd say about next well, week you know, we may be doing the gj show the gj show no about i would say nine years ago maybe eight years ago now we were living in roseville and I had this kind of a dream slash vision of the streets of the area. I, it didn't look like it was actually where I lived, but it, I just saw streets and houses. And I'll never forget what I saw in that vision slash dream were rushing waters that were filling the streets and kind of looking like what we saw on that, you know, on that United Arab Emirates video where the guy's running through the boat. But it was, it was like that in my, in my dream slash vision. And I just thought, okay, what is this about? I wonder if it stood for, because God's never going to flood the earth again. We know that. 
But I wonder if it stands for a wave of God, a move of God's going to sweep through and either you're going to go with the flow or you will be destroyed by it. And I thought that's a powerful message. Yeah. Uh, I, I still don't know exactly, but I feel like it could be one or the other, right? Because that's how most prophecies go. I'm not a prophet by any stretch of imagination. How do, right? you, know? How do you know you're not a prophet? I don't call myself a prophet because I really believe that the gifts of the spirit can be sold out to anyone at any time. And if I start claiming that I have a gift, then I'm making it more about me than I am about the uh, about God giving me the message through me. So that's the only reason why I say that. But as far as discernment is concerned, I will definitely say my wife has, uh, she's been able, she's been using that gift many, many times, but that's the vision I had. And so JJ, cue us up for Kentucky because you live closer to Kentucky than I do. Dude, I'm not that close to Kentucky. This... I said you live closer to Kentucky than I do. That part is true. <laughs> that is a true statement. By the way, Tanya did prophesy that you would be next to a volcano playing volleyball. And I'm just saying that happened. I'm just <laughs> just one on record. Just, yeah, so Eastern Kentucky. This is Eastern Kentucky. I mean, if you're just listening, I mean, they're showing all kinds of flooding. I mean, buildings that are one or two stories where the water is up. I mean, it's up like eight eight feet. So it looks like a lake. Well, check that out. I mean, that's a playground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is amongst the river or the that's lake. They had people stuck on roofs. And I don't know how many people were affected by this. What caught my eye on it? And, you know, it's just like you said, God is moving. God is shaking. And whether it's rain, heavy rains or weather that's in areas that don't normally have these kinds of weather, those are signs. What does they mean? What do they mean? I don't, we don't know. God does. It's just one thing I can say, and you and I had this brief conversation before the show is, you know, I'm having conversation with people, and you're having conversation with people. There's a feeling of something different. They feel like God is definitely moving. And what does that fully end up being? Not everybody knows, but there's just that feeling. So when I saw this, I'm like, God is definitely moving. And I loved your analogy that either you're with God and go with the flow, or you're going to get caught up in a bad situation. So. The crazy thing about this is, GJ, is that there's been over three dozen people that have died in Kentucky mm. So mm. that they found, and they're still searching for survivors. So definitely something that's very devastating, flash floods that would come in. And uh, I, I, I just, it's really difficult because you, you don't want to say that God's judgment is happening because you realize that there are lives that are lost and you're not the judge. And so you can't really say that this is God's judgment. I just keep going back to the Old Testament and also uh, Revelation, which is now hasn't even happened yet. Most of it hasn't even happened yet. And I, I keep thinking to myself, what is God trying to communicate? Or is this the enemy trying to take things out? Because I was just reading in Job about how God had said to Satan, when he showed up and, and, and God was like, what are you doing here? And he, and God said, look at my servant, Job, he's, he's faithful in all things and he loves me and he will not turn his back on me. And so Satan was like, well, give me a shot. Let me see what'll happen. And, um, one of the things that happened was, is that there was a massive wind that Satan had caused that took down the house where Job's sons and daughters were having a, a party and they all died. Mm -hmm on the same day. And I thought, that's why I'm kind of like hesitant. I'm like, is this, is this the enemy that's, that's, that's pushing some of this stuff? Is this God's judgment or is it both? I don't know. Or is it a test? I don't know. That's the thing where I'm like, I still struggle with that question, but any thoughts on that? Cause that's obviously something I've been thinking about. For the first time I do have a thought. <laughs> first time today, first time today, first time, first time this, Second, I actually had this conversation with the leader a few, day, a few days ago, and I'm like, I'm still in the Old Testament. I'm in uh, Zephaniah, and so you know, the last three books, and then in Zephaniah, you know, there's these different visions. You know, God is God, and, and some of His angels are walking the individuals. In this case, Zephaniah, 
and showing showing him certain things that are going to happen. And the, the, the whole bottom line is, is people turned away from God, and God said, these things are going to happen so that my people turn back to me. Mm. And I told Alita, I said, even though this is thousands, thousands, and this is before Jesus ever walked to earth, so this is thousands and thousands of years, and I think this was like, this was a time or like 500 BC in that timeline. And if I'm off, please don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> so the things that were happening, people, what people were doing is just like what's happening today. And we're seeing it right before eyes. And I know we talk about that almost every week. <clears throat> so I think these signs and these things, I think it's, it's two things. I think it is God definitely saying, hey, things are happening. It's, it's shaken up. It's perilous. Are you going to pay attention? And sometimes bad things have to happen in order for you to pay attention. I mean, some, I look back, some of my worst moments were used by God to get me to pay attention. And the end result wasn't always immediate. So I believe these are part of what you just said, God's shaking. The other part is we're in a spiritual war. Hmm. And as humans, we, we don't see that. Now, we might feel it. There are some people that can see into the spirit world. I'm not one of those people. I do have a sense of feeling certain things. And I think most people have, have that ability. It's just, are you too caught up doing do-do-do <laughs> and you're not aware of it? And what I've learned is the more you focus on God, the more you focus on reading the Bible, the more you focus on being in prayer, the more you're focused on just being, being still, that level starts to increase in, in awareness. So I think it's a, it's a combination of everything because Satan knows his time is coming to an end. And God wants to wake up as many people so that they can spend eternity with him. Yeah, there was a phenomenal message that I heard this past weekend. When, uh, uh, with, I don't know if you're going to say my message right, I just said right now. Okay. No, that was a phenomenal message for sure. Next, the, next week, it might just be me again. <laughs> but the this message that we heard was talking about how when Satan was cast out of heaven, we understand that the earth in and of itself is the footstool of God. And so <laughs> it is territory, but the enemy... Lucifer, Satan, was who was cast down into the earth, has been trying to claim dominion over the earth ever since, but knew that God had a plan for his creation. So ever since, so Satan can't overturn that himself, but he can certainly do what he can to try to convince people to overturn that for him. So uh, even down to Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel, the first two people that were born from Adam and Eve, and how uh, Satan couldn't kill Abel himself, but he was able to tempt and, and convince Cain to do it for him. And so, therefore, he was going to try to kill out or take out the line that Jesus would come from eventually. Which I thought, man, that's something else. He def the, Satan, the enemy really does know his end, and he's doing everything he can to try to keep that from happening. And um, so, yeah, I'm with you there. I appreciate the, the thoughts on that. We got to move on, though, because we got a lot to talk about. So let me. Uh, let me move on to, we already showed this, but I'm about to take it off the screen. South Africa. <laughs> this was something else. So I think you posted this, or I may have posted I can't remember who posted it. But. I didn't post this specific one, but I did post one where they're trying to use chemicals and a system that's in, the spa in space, 50 to 400 miles from Earth to shield the sun, I believe. That's well, yeah, that's that's pretty much what South Africa, this story in the US Sun talks about uh, that South Africa is plotting to permanently, quote, dim the sun in a scientific plan or sci fi plan to avoid running out of water. So it kind of shows you the simulation here that the plan to dim the sun is they release tiny particles released into the atmosphere, smoke screen created by particles reflects the sunlight, conditions on the ground become dimmer. Sun evaporates less water from lakes and res reservoirs, but it also rains more as well. Well, there's only one thing that could happen when you do this. You create more moisture in the sky and more rain and more flooding. I'm like, really? 
So God isn't going to flood the earth. Maybe man is. Uh, no, that's not in the Bible. Yeah, I don't see that there. But I, that is a, I, it's a great thought, though. It's a great thought. It's kind of right out of a sci-fi movie. Yeah. That, that's just, it's insane. Well, it is right out of a sci-fi. However, th- there is science and scientists and, and entities that are doing these things to a level. Maybe not to the full extent. These things are happening. I mean, there are systems around the world. You know, there's one called HARP, which we, you may talk about, that they can do different things. And the one thing that I, that I always read, I always read like, oh, well, this is so good. But is it? <laughs> I don't think so. When man is trying to play God, it's not good. There's there's never a good end to that. Let God be God. And and this this right here is Cape Town, one of the most famous destinations for travel. But is uh, that where you're going next, bro? No, I'm not going. I I don't think I'm going there. But you never know. I might yeah. end up there. <laughs> yeah. Never know what to do. I want to see it before it, it crumbles. But the hair it says the harebrained scheme would involve pumping vast quantities of gas into the atmosphere above Cape Town to preserve local water supplies. You know, I, I just this can't end well. I, it just can't. I, whenever we try to play God, it always turns out to be uh, the opposite of what we'd expect. But speaking of which, I thought this was interesting. The Economist, which actually if for for many people is considered to be a pretty reputable organization, comes out with this article kind of obscure about cloud seeding huh hmm yeah and the economist is a reputable source well at least it used to be be. i don't know about anymore but (laughs) yeah well the fact that they're even putting this into an article tells me that they've done some research it looks like this right here is uh as they're shooting a missile i'm not really sure why that picture is there because they're showing beijing but uh, what the story is talking about is that a small aeroplane that was used by a local weather bureau crashed in a village in the southern province of, I uh, can't pronounce that word. All five people on board were killed and one person on the ground was injured. So what they were trying to do is they were trying to attempt to modify the weather. So when they were up there, the pilots have to head into clouds that they would normally avoid. So the only way to seed these clouds is to actually go into them and actually introduce something into them. But when you get inside there, everybody knows when you're on an airplane, when they actually go through turbulence, they try to rise above the clouds, not go through it because it can be dangerous. So anyway, that, I just thought this was an, I, I don't have a subscription, so I couldn't read the rest of it. But I thought, man, that's that's pretty interesting right there. Yeah. So, again, things like this is happening and happening right before our eyes. And I think that the more we try to manipulate creation, the more revelation and the end times will be sped up because ultimately I wonder if sometimes some of the things that John the Revelator or John the Beloved saw were, because a lot of times in my past I thought, well, this is just supernatural. Sometimes I'm wondering if it is actually something that we have created that John saw that was the destruction of the world. And that that became God's judgment because we literally had turned against ourselves. Anyway, that another another conversation for another day. Hey, guess what? Just had a powerful uh, swarm of earthquakes. I didn't even know there was any earthquakes going on. That's, that's how checked out I am. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, sure. where where were you last week or two weeks ago? Uh, I was in Iceland. Not not even just a week and a half ago. We got there two weeks ago. And we left a week and a half ago. But guess who's there now? My sister and her family. Oh my gosh! So they're doing a they they rented a camper van. They're just kind of going around the the, uh, the island. But there have been multiple above five point oh earthquakes down here in the southwestern tip of Iceland. This whole area. What's that? Where, where were you looking at that map? Where were you? Were you all over there? I was up here in Reykjavik, if you can see where my mouse is. Yes. And this is down here is where the airport is, uh, where you fly into, Kjavik, or I think it's called. But all of these earthquakes were centered in this area. It was a swarm of earthquakes. And I'll just tell you right now that as you're driving along this coastal region, uh, which we did, and then we ended up in Blue Lagoon, somewhere up in this area, from here all the way to here, those are lava fields. So there is a there is a volcano that is somewhere in this area 
because of all the lava fields that you see that go that stretch for miles and miles and they go all the way out to the ocean which is down the southern part of the border here but i just thought man and and by the oh they actually say it's fagradas fall volcano is where is where all this is centered that's that's where all those bubbles are so in any event my they raised the aviation color to yellow in Iceland because of the potential of, of a volcano going off. And they're thinking that there's some activity there. Now, here's the interesting thing. You see that lake right there? You think? Yeah, you think <laughs> it's right. You see this lake right here? We actually drove past this lake. It's a massive lake. And we went down all the way to this area down here. And then we drove back up to Reykjavik up in here. So I was down in that region. We actually passed by this way as well. So when I saw that this morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, escaping with the skin of my teeth. <laughs> yeah. What about your sister? I'm praying for my sister, man. I'm like, Lord, bring her back safe. That's all I want. Just bring her back safe. They're having the time of their life over there right now. So they're having a good time. But anyway, Earth News. Wow. Whole lot of shaking going on. That's what I was about to say. You beat me to it. <laughs> so we got to move and talk about China. I got nothing. I've, I, maybe for the first time since we started doing this show, we could talk about China and Taiwan. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about them. But this is actually, every week. <laughs> this is Taiwan, by the way. Last time we talked about them doing a civil defense drill. Now they've actually started doing. GJ, what would we? What would we call this? Did you read? You, I think you posted this actually. I did. I forgot what the. They're just some type of drill. Naval drills. Naval drills. So here's, I'm just going to play the video. I think the video is about a minute long, but we'll through it. So now what they're doing is, is that Taiwan has their battleships, destroyers, and, and Navy out in the, in the South China Sea. And that's the president right there overseeing the exercise. And so what I thought was really interesting is that I also saw there was a video that China put out just before the Speaker of the House of Representatives decided to go visit Asia Pacific that shows military strength of China. And I have to say, the video is really impressive. I mean, I would be intimidated by that if I, had, if I was Taiwan. But yeah, they're, they're doing these military drills now. And it's, it's just the tensions in that part of the world are, I think at least in my lifetime, the strongest that they've ever been. So, Yeah, and the U.S. has sent four naval um, ships. I don't know if all of them are aircraft carriers. I know there's four of them. I know two of them are aircraft carriers for sure because I recognize the name. <clears throat> so there's four in the U.S. that's now closer to Taiwan. And so that whole region is definitely it's, – it's, it's a region to watch. Definitely. GJ, what about this one? Well, uh, it, what, what does it say there? China's army posts get ready for war. That was the message to the U.S. <clears throat> if the U.S. visits Taiwan. So there's been in the news, I'm not even going to give her any, any, I don't want to say her name. <clears throat> She's very evil from the U.S., supposed to be going over to the Asia, and Taiwan was supposed to be one of the stops. So all of a sudden, that has created some tension between China and the U.S. I don't know if she's actually going to visit there or not. They've made threats, said, hey, if she does, we'll shoot her down. I was just reading this little paragraph here where it says, China's army's war message over the potential U.S. visit to Taiwan reportedly generated over 300,000 thumbs up in just 12 hours, which means among there's a lot of high morale with Chinese soldiers. It's almost like they're itching to get something started. So, yeah. And, and like we talk about, wars and rumors of war. It might just be a rumor. And like we saw, you know, maybe a month ago, North Korea put their video out about their power and their military. Now China's doing that. Also, China and Russia are, you know, tightening their relationship, uh, which just feeds right into the book of Revelation. 100%. And I, I have to say yeah. that, Yesterday, a couple of days ago on Saturday, I was studying almost all day and I had the windows open and I, I would hear these jets fly overhead. And so a couple of times I was outside 
And I, I mean, I kept hearing them. There must have been 11, 12, maybe 13 by the time the day was done. These fifth generation fighter jets flying overhead. And um, we have Beale Air Force Base. It's not too far away from here. We also have uh, formerly what they called Mather Air Force Base, which is still an active base, but not for planes, they say. And then there's also McClellan Air Force Base, which is now just an airfield for, the ex- for executives, they say. And then there's also uh, Travis Air Force Base. So we've got four Air Force bases within an hour and a half radius of where I live. But these planes were not just one at a time. They were booking and they were, they were flying in formation. It was just, first of all, it's impressive to see that. I just love that because you feel the power and you realize, man, that's awesome. Anyway, I'm not sure where I was going with that other than the fact that there's a lot more military activity that I'm seeing overhead being so close to these four Air Force bases. Well, one, one thing I didn't share, by the way, that might be Top Gun 3, just throwing that out there. It could be recording. Yeah, that's it. Top Gun 3, um, I don't think so. So me, Alita, and Lexi, our daughter Lexi, we went to an outdoor concert on Thursday evening. Beautiful evening, perfect evening for a concert. So we go out there and, you know, right before the first act comes on, you know, and it's still, you know, sunny outside. And and all of a sudden, you could just see in the horizon this huge military aircraft flying. And it was, and it literally went right over and it was flying pretty low. And we have an Air National Guard airfield along with our regular airport here. So they, they do maneuvers. Well, we kept seeing one after another. I don't even know if it was the same one doing, you know, an exercise or if it was different ones. Because by the time it started happening over and over, and they might fly right over us, or they fly a little to the east or a little to the west, all about the same level. So they were definitely doing some type of exercise that I hadn't seen uh, in some time. So what that tells me is that our own military is preparing for something at a whole nother level and being, you know, formally being in the military, you know, you got different alerts and, uh, you know, certain alerts means you get ready. You could go any day. I don't know if that's where we're at with all these tensions. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, this is what you were talking about a little earlier with those war preparations with the U S aircraft carrier strike group being deployed. USS Ronald Reagan carrier group returned to the South China sea with the Speaker of the House making her appearance, potentially. And I'm with you. I don't even want to mention her name, but there, there you go. She's not a very nice person. So I'm going to say. That's, yeah, I am with you there. So that's right. You probably love her. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I have to love her for Christ's sake. You know, I've got to love her for that because she's, you know, she's not too far gone that I know of. Uh, that she's still she breathing. She's got a shot. Hey, maybe she'll watch our show one day and she'll be like, who are these jokers? Oh, wait, wait a second. Maybe I need Jesus. Anyway, so in any event, there's a lot a lot of, that's just kind of backing up what we've just been talking about. So I won't spend too much time there. Yeah, we're, di- we're digressing. So yeah, so here, here's something moving on to leading up to the tribulation. Western Journal, this is actually a commentary based off of a story, a video yeah. that someone posted. And a Gigi, I think, did you post this one? I think you did, because I don't remember posting this one. Yes, I did. So <clears throat> there's a man, I think he, he's in Great Britain, so England. He makes a post. So he posts uh, on social media. And actually, he did not write the post. He reshared the post. Really? And then, so it upset somebody. So because it created high anxiety, they went to his house or to his work, I don't know where, where they went, but they went to him, and they apprehended him, arresting because he was creating anxiety, and other people were suffering from anxiety from his, his reshare, his repost. Wow. Well, that's why we have it in leading up to the tribulation, because this kind of control is something that we're seeing more and more of. We saw it through the last several years. State of California, just this is another leading up to the tribulation. I don't have a story, news story on it because I just saw it this morning uh, that the California is now and Illinois has declared states of emergency because of the monkeypox, quote, outbreak, unquote. 
that's happening in the states. Now, I don't know how many that is. I don't think it's as many as they're saying. But again, a state of emergency being declared means that the governor has special emergency powers to make decisions above and beyond the Senate mm -hmm. and the delegates of the state. Not a good place to be. No, yeah. that's also happened in New York. Again. At least New York City, for sure. Yeah, again. Yeah. Again. Hint, hint, clue, clue. Well, actually, what we also, I don't, and I just saw this this morning as well, forwarded over to my wife, is that Las Vegas has now shown in their wastewater the monkeypox virus. So now they're saying that it can be transmitted through, shall we say, liquid uh, or like droplets or something like that. So it's something that they're, they're starting to develop this, this kind of story that's coming out now. More and more people are going to talk about it. You're going to probably find more states they're going to start talking about it. And as states of emergencies and some of these states start to be put out there, it's just another way for the government to potentially control. Leading up to the tribulation, which we know there's a one world government, government that's going to come, it's just why we're talking about this, that's going to try to exert control, usurp control over all of our lives. So there we have it. Yeah. All right. Here's, we have two more. This is another one for leading up to the tribulation. I just saw this this morning. Israel moves closer to a cashless society following the latest legislation. So what this story is about is that there has there has been a limit on how much cash can be distributed between private individuals. Before it was about about 15,000 of their dollars could only could be trans transmitted between individuals with cash. So now they've lowered that to about 6,000 of their dollars. It's called the shekel. And so what they're doing is, is they're starting to limit how much cash can be, can be actually transmitted between people because they're moving towards a cashless society. Now, why would a cashless society be a bad thing? Well, it's probably not a bad thing. You don't, I mean, as far as this, the deception is concerned, because who wants to carry around all that cash and be vulnerable? Why not just put it in a bank and, and, and make it digital so that you can have faster access to it? Right, Chi yeah, and someone else can, can control it, which really it's that's that's been that's really has been somewhat happening for over a hundred years. So, well, one of the things that I did see oh, no, here, we could do a whole show just on currency. Uh, you know what? We probably should actually do one on currency one of these days. I think that would be a really great topic for us to do. But notice here this one this one paragraph. It says free loan societies or that. Uh, Gemma Chim, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, widely used in the Haredi community, will be exempt from the law, keeping with the demand of ultra-Orthodox lawmakers. Isn't that interesting? So there's going to be a certain part of the Israeli society, religious society, that will not be as limited in those cash exchanges. Sounds like currencies. Exactly. Saying. Exactly. Anyway, so we got one more. And uh, I saved this one because when I saw, I think, I'm not sure if you posted or if I posted it, but I saw this this video and I thought, we just got to play this video and let people hear it because of how incredibly interesting it is. So I'm going to play it. For too long, humanity has existed within dysfunctional and polluted cities that ignore nature. Now, a revolution in civilization is taking place. Imagine a traditional city and consolidating its footprint, designing to protect and enhance nature. The line will be home to 9 million residents and will be built with a footprint of just 34 square kilometers. And we are designing it to provide a healthier, more sustainable quality of life. The line's communities are organized in three dimensions. Residents have access to all their daily needs within five-minute walk neighborhoods. And the line's infrastructure makes it possible to travel end-to-end -end in 20 minutes with no need for cars, resulting in zero carbon emissions. By leveraging AI technology, services are autonomous, saving you time and effort. Designed by world-leading architects, the line is 500 meters tall, 200 meters wide, 170 kilometers long, and housed within an elegant mirror glass facade. Intelligent solutions create efficiency 
and year-round temperate microclimate with natural ventilation. Energy and water supplies are 100% renewable. The line is designed as a series of unique communities, offering a wealth of amenities, providing equitable views and immediate access to the surrounding nature. With 40% of the world accessible within six hours at the heart of the globe's key trade routes, a place for commerce and communities to thrive like nothing on earth seen before. The line, the city that delivers new wonders for the world. So thoughts, anyone? <laughs> well, I saw that and I think I was the one to post that. I was like, first of all, uh, it's like sci-fi happening right before us. However, this is a real plan, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know when that's going to, you know, what their timeline is. I just thought of so many, so many things. First of all, nine million people living in that one building <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing what's happening with technology and and stuff like this. However, it's just, it just doesn't end good. That's that's really all I have to say, man. I don't know what else to say. Well, it kind of reminds me of, I would say, back in the late 1990s. If you remember, there was a similar video that was put out, and they called it The World. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And they were going to create, they were going to actually build up sand on the Lake, the Arabian Sea. I think it was United Arab Emirates, or it was Dubai, or something. I think it was Dubai. And so they were going to actually create real estate that you could buy that that hadn't even been created yet. And then you could help to fund getting these sandbars elevated and these houses built. And it actually has happened. It has actually happened over the last 25 years where they have not only built those, but they become vacation destinations. So, and this is Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is probably one of the leaders of oil in the world. Billions upon trillions of dollars are there. And they they probably do have the resources and the money to do this. But I thought, man, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the Tower of Babel. When you get all these people together to be able to do something and to put all their minds together to create something like this, this is attainable. But when I saw that everything would be within five minutes without the need of cars, I'm thinking, man, put everybody in little boxes. How much easier can you control them in those little boxes? Yeah, in the desert. <laughs> and nobody even has to talk to each other because everything's automated. So <laughs> why not? Uh, it's that's what that's the time we it's the time of of the the world we live in yeah so which, which means to me jesus is not i see him coming back very soon i do too so gj you sent over to me a link in the time we have left by 15 minutes you sent over a link that had something to do with particular prophecy can you just walk us through a couple of points of that? I've got something to share too that'll only take a few minutes, but why don't you walk us through that? Encourage us a little bit with with some words of someone that believes that they've received something from God. Well, how this came about, my wife was reading a book and then started following the guy on social media. And then he puts out a blog and um, the book is, uh, she's reading it right now. It's called, I think it's called Wild Ones. And uh, he, he was a war worship pastor so obviously he's a musician singer so anyway he god just started downloading different things to him and, and so periodically that happens so when he went check then she said this is along some of the things that i've had conversation with her on and so she's like hey there's confirmation right there so the number one thing really is god's doing a new thing so in spite of all the craziness that we've talked about over the last 45 48 minutes around the globe. God is looking for people to do something new, have a different perspective. And the other thing that I see, there's a lot of people that don't want to go to church because they've seen different things that they didn't like, or they've been, we call it church hurt, you know, and they just felt, you know, like they're being judged for whatever they did or whether they were or weren't. So a lot of people think, and, and the conversations that I've had, feel like something's happening, feeling like something new is going on. And in spite of the last crazy years, which we never thought we would be talking about three years ago. So that's changed the world, has changed perspective. And I believe as bad as the last couple of years have been with all the COVID stuff and all those different things tied to that, God's using that for good. 
And, you know, it says in the Bible, there will be perilous times in the end days. So we're seeing that. We've seen it. However, I also believe God is going to do something big with humanity. And so this article was really about doing something new. God is working. He God is looking for people like you. So if you're watching or listening right now, he's looking for you. He's he's talking to you because you're on this this podcast or this show at the 49 minute mark. Again, there's a sign right there. So the blessing is God is using all this craziness for something good. And no matter where you're at in your life right now, no matter how bad it is, and believe me, you know, I've had some bad times. I've had a lot of struggles. I know Dan's had that, especially when we were handling power tools. <laughs> or somebody else around us handling power tools. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it just doesn't make. So whatever's going on in your life, God can use that. God can turn that around. God can use that the, those that pain and that suffering and grab a hold of you. And, and he has a purpose for you. And so my challenge to you, are you living in purpose? Are you living in God's purpose? And I had this conversation with a couple of buddies of mine on Sunday and, you know, talking about living in purpose. I said, well, there's purpose and there's God's purpose. Sometimes they're not the same. And God's purpose is doing a new thing. And he's looking for people like you who are watching or listening right now to pay attention. And, uh, you know, with all these signs, I don't know how many more days we've got on this earth. And even if Jesus doesn't return for years and years and years, people are dying every day. And the other thing that I, I shared with them, I said, you got two choices. Are you going to spend eternity in heaven or are you going to spend it in hell? And one of my buddies who's very sharp, very, very funny, he goes, if there's ever a time to pay attention to location, 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 it's now. Yeah, absolutely. That's good, though. Kind of going along with that too, GJ, is that some, you know, there's been a lot of people out there that have been uh, either prophesied over or a vision has been given to them or a promise has been promised to them by God. And you feel like that promise or that vision is never going to be fulfilled because it's taken five, six, 10, 20, 30 years in some instances. And I can relate to that. That's why I really appreciated what you sent over that. Uh, right. Yeah, because. There are a lot of people that have been dying inside and real and thinking that God has forgotten about that promise. He's never forgotten about that promise. He never promised it would happen uh, in a particular time frame. We, I do know that, but he does want us to be expectant and to be constantly looking for the fulfillment of those promises, which is the same that we can expect of the return of Jesus. He did promise that Jesus would come back again. And that he would come to take his church and that he would actually another time set foot on this earth and conquer over it. So I think that it's really important for all of us to recognize that we have that promise inside of us that should not be forgotten. And then when I was thinking about this whole, this whole prophecy and over the weekend, I'm thinking about what did God intend for us as people? I don't believe that God ever intended there to be anyone in between us and him. I don't believe that God intended for me to look to someone else on this earth in order to get to God. I don't believe that it that we have to go through a priest or go through a high priest even, which is what happened in Israel, in order to get to God. I don't believe that we need a king to get to God. And, uh, and I know that because in the book, in the Old Testament, we always have read about the fact that Israel wanted to have a king and that king, God said, no, I want to be the king of Israel. I want to be the one to rule over. I want to be the one to speak to Israel. But no, they said, no, we want a king just like everybody else. And so when that happened, what we saw was, is we saw that God decided to give them what their desire was. And then there were 39 kings that we read about in the Old Testament. And only two or three of them were actually good kings that were kings that would do right by God and actually follow his commands. But a lot, almost all the other ones did what was wicked in God's sight and decided to do their own thing and decided to say, I'm going to be the one to rule Israel and I'm going to be the one to do this. I don't need God's, God's intervention here. So, you know, God, what God had designed was he wanted himself to be the one who would lead Israel. Now, Fast forward to where we are right now, 
And um, when you think about, well, actually, let me rewind all the way back to the old, old, old Testament when Abraham was in existence. And Abraham, who was one of the ones, well, he was the one that had the original covenant with God that said, I will have a line of people come from you that will become my people. Those are today's Israelites. Those are today's Jewish people. And when he said that to Abraham, Abraham was then moving on and he went to a certain place and he gave a tenth of his stock, livestock income, whatever he had to a guy by the name of Melchizedek. Well, he happened to be a, a priest that was not in the line of Abraham, but Abraham decided to give him that money or give him those livestock and whatever, 10% of whatever he owned. Why I'm mentioning that is, is that in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews specifically talks about this guy named Melchizedek and then says, there's no more need for him. There's no more need for the priests of, uh, that came from the line of Levi, which came from Abraham. There's no more need for that because Jesus himself became the sacrifice and is now the high priest who was in heaven mediating for us. And he is the only way, the only way that we could actually have a relationship with God. What Jesus was doing, what God was doing was he was saying, I'm going to remove every obstacle, every human being out of the way so that I could have a relationship with you directly. And that's what he wants. And that, that's the same God that's removed all those obstacles that has given you or me or DJ or any one of us a vision and a purpose and a plan and a promise. And he has not forgotten about it. And he will not forget about it. And I encourage you not to forget that it's there. God's got this design and purpose in your heart and he put it there for a reason. And I believe that what this one prophecy that GJ was sent over to me that, that Alita was uh, reading is right on target because I believe that as the end times get closer, these promises will begin to be fulfilled. All those things that he's been preparing you for are gonna start happening because he wants you to be a part of the process. He wants you to be a part of bringing people to know who he is, what he's about, and bring them to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is. Anyway, are there any other thoughts, TJ, before we pray? Well, the thought, again, what you're sharing and what we what we talked about, you know, before the show is God's movement. He's yeah. God's looking for you. And so I got my dad's Bible in 1986. He wrote this. So November 16, 1986, he wrote this. God has spoken by perfection and finality by his son, which Jesus. This is at the beginning of Hebrews, which Dan just talked about. So Jesus is the heir of all things. Jesus was and is the creator of the world. The Son reveals the glory of God. The Son sustains all things. The Son made purification for sin, which is all of our sins. Whatever that may be, God will forgive you. All you have to do is ask. And the Son exalted on the right hand of God. So, uh, whoa, Papa Reynolds. Come on. So with that said, where are you at in, in your walk with Jesus and your relationship? And, you know, I hear a lot of people say, yeah, I believe in God. But do you have a relationship with God? God wants a relationship with you, just like what Dan had you know, articulated. And it's a very simple process. All you have to do is ask, recognize that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. Ask Jesus in your heart. Ask Jesus to forgive you and start walking with Jesus and have a relationship. And the three things that you should do on a daily basis is be in the word, be in prayer, and be around people that are uplifting you. And sometimes that's a little harder than, you know, it's easier said than done because sometimes there are family members <laughs> that can drag us down or, or coworkers or whoever. But sometimes it takes us being the light to have impact on them. And uh, Dan can lead you in a prayer. And if you already know Jesus, I challenge you to recommit. I mean, me and Dan do that all the time. We recommit. I even got baptized twice because first time didn't take. I'm, I'm teasing. I did get baptized twice. Obviously, we joke around, but this is very serious because this is eternal. Right. God has a plan for you, and God has a perfect plan for you. And uh, he loves you. Well, there's two things we're going to pray for today. One, we're going to start off and pray for those who receive Jesus, receive the forgiveness that he's offered, and make that commitment to him for the first time. And then what we're going to also pray for, GJ, is I'm going to move right into a prayer specifically about those who feel like their vision has been lost, their purpose has been forgotten, 
that they have been promised something that God is not, it feels like that God's not going to come through with. And uh, that their purpose, their vision, their plan, that God, what God has for them that he's promised would be realized once again, and that they would start moving towards it. Because there's going to be powerful things that happen when people realize that. So let's pray. Can I share one thing before you go into prayer? Yeah. So one of the things that I've been a major goal setter, you know, my habits, I'm very in tune with my habits and always have been very disciplined. And sometimes it's hard to be disciplined, even when you are disciplined. The one thing that I learned is when you are moving towards your goals, your dreams, your vision of what life can be. And, and I'm just saying what that is, ask God what it, that is for you. I got where I, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. It's coming from the flesh. One other thing happened, though, is that at some point I quit dreaming. And, and failing to dream, failing to have hope, failing to look beyond the current situation is creating spiritual suicide. So by having renewed hope, renewed faith, renewed conviction, renewed vision, renewed goals, renewed dreams, God wants to fulfill those. He may not fulfill it like you think it's going to. However, if you stay true to him and stay obedient, it will happen. So I challenge you in that and uh, that failing to dream, failing to have hope is committing spiritual suicide. And uh, that never ends well for any of us. That's right. Over to you. So if you're out there right now and you are feeling that little tug in your heart, you've made it this far in this program, and you're, you're saying, you know what? I recognize that I need Jesus. This next prayer is for you. All you need to do is, first of all, accept that Jesus is the Son of God, that you are a lost without Him, that He's the only way to get to the Father, and that you accept and receive the forgiveness that He's offered already and that sacrifice that He provided because of the death on the cross. And knowing that you're not praying that prayer to a dead Jesus. He's alive, he's well, he rose from the dead, and now he's with the Father praying for you so that you'll come and receive him. So let's say, let's do that first. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now and we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for providing the way to be in relationship with you. The way to remove all obstacles, all forms of priests, all forms of kings and people that would be in the middle, removing all that out of the way so that we could have a direct personal relationship with you. So today we recognize you are the son of God. We ask that you would come for and for and continue to forgive us. We receive that forgiveness. We ask you to live in our heart, change us from the inside out, that you would give us the boldness to learn more about you and to live our life for you the rest of our days and to lead others to do the same. Lord, we thank you right now for those that have prayed this prayer. We believe that, that are, there are people that are entering into God's presence right now because of the prayer that they just prayed to receive you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we also lift up everyone that's out there that's feeling like their dreams have been lost, their purpose has been forgotten, that the promises that God has given them have been pushed to the side. Lord, I pray that you would revive those thoughts, those prayers, those mm -hmm. dreams, and those promises in their minds and their hearts right now, that they would recognize that their purpose is as strong now as it ever has been, and that those promises are about to be fulfilled because God has brought you to the place, has brought us to the place where he needs us to be ready. So Lord, we pray that we would be prepared, be ready to have those promises fulfilled that would be used by you, point more people to you, that everything would point right back to you. And as we draw near to the end of these times that we're in, we don't know when it's going to happen. We pray that more and more people would come to know you as their savior come to know you as Jesus, the Son of God, who came to take away the sin of the world, and that their, their faith would remain strong, that when you come back to them again and take them with you, they're ready. They're ready in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> little happy dance. Um, man, so we got, we, got a, we got a whole nother week ahead of us. Silence is golden. <laughs> and your point is? We got a whole week ahead of us and uh, we got some things to look forward to too. So anyway, everybody that's out there, we love you. We appreciate you. We'll keep on doing this faithfully. And for the over 5,000 people that watched this, uh, watched our episode last week, we're continuing to pray for you and spread the word to everybody else that needs to watch this and hear it and receive Jesus. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to End Times Chat with GJ and Dan. 
If you decided to follow Christ, email us at endtimeschat at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story. Tune in next time for more, and don't forget to pray, prepare, protect, proclaim, pray again, persist, persevere, and pass it on. God bless. We'll see you next time.